Hi everyone, welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. We are your hosts, Stasia and Saskia. So I'm not sure if anybody's noticed, but we have actually been away for a little while, and this is because we've been concentrating on university and exams. But we're finally back today with a new series where we'll be hosting individuals who are passionate about sustainability. For our first episode, we have Vince. Vince, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yeah, good to meet you guys, and great to be here. Um, I am, my name is Vince. I'm uh, based in London. We have a company called Who Knew, which um, would be our first product is a reusable coffee cup that folds up, slips in your pocket, um, and we're basically trying to build a business that kind of is in this whole space and tries to add some positive impact on the world. Sustainability, and especially sustainability within lifestyle, is becoming a very popular trend, which is obviously a very good one. Um, so I think to kick off the discussion in general, um, Saskia, would you like to just talk a little bit about coffee production and the impact it has on the environment? Yeah, sure. So I was actually surprised to find out that coffee is the world's second most tradable commodity after oil. I just never would have thought that. During the production process, deforestation is a key environmental issue, and this is obviously because of an increase in demand. Farmers have had to move away from traditional cultivation methods and towards using coffee plantations. These plantations use a sun cultivation method, which results in the clearing of forestry to grow rows of coffee. Over time, this has caused 2.5 million acres of forest lost to coffee in Central America and 37 out of 50 countries in the world with the highest deforestation rates are also major coffee producers. This is so interesting because I feel like the culture around coffee is always so positive. And whenever I think of a coffee, it's like quite a warm feeling inside of, you know, meeting up with friends and grabbing a coffee. Um, And obviously, Vince, your business is international. How do you think the difference in coffee culture in different countries impacts the way people might perhaps perceive the product. The, the problem with all of this is that there's no easy solution because there's, as you say, there's so many different parts to everything. Um, I think that at the base, producing something and talking about sustainability are two separate things. If you're if you're manufacturing something on the scale where you're you're trying to sell it around the world, or even on a big scale in one country, it's going to have an impact. If, if the only truly sustainable kind of positive impact would be to stop producing anything and use what we have, it would be to kind of grow your own food and and live within a small radius. Um, everything outside of that has some sort of impact, and and I suppose. In the world we're in now, it's a matter of figuring out what that impact is and whether you can counter that with a positive effect from that production. I suppose coffee's an, an interesting one because, as you say, it is this really positive industry and it's associated with kind of there's a whole culture around it. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. But it's produced on a mass scale. Um, and that is an issue. Uh, I, I, I don't know enough about the production, and I'm sure you guys probably know more than I do. But fr- from the, the experiences I've had um, and the things I've seen just through our business, the goal is to try and find ways of putting your money where it can have the most positive impact. Um, and, and that's, that is a hard one because you don't always know all the information. But I, I'll give an example. I, I'm from 
South Africa. So I've spent some time traveling in Africa. And one of the places I've been to is uh, Uganda, mm-hmm. where they have a lot of coffee production. It's like it's famous Ugandan coffee you can buy everywhere in the world. Um, and we spent some time up there with some local coffee farmers who have become part of a system. They've started an initiative there. And I think this is happening in many places now where they're actually they're able to sell their beans directly to wholesalers who then put it together and then export it to kind of various coffee um, to roasteries and things around the world. And the positive impact of that that goes back into their community was in, amazing to see that people were kind of forming businesses. And and if you talk about the environmental, environmental impact of that, I think that sort of level of integration and I think I, I see in some of the notes you went through you talk about fair trade I think those sort of things are important to start to to look at and and they're not just labels on products if you if you if you follow the right labels and you actually look into what they stand for and some of the requirements that products have um, you can make that impact a lot more positive uh, but it is still an impact and and really the goal i think as we move forward and and the world seems to be moving towards it is more kind of homegrown stuff and and uh, because the transport impacts and the deforestation things like that are, are the major issues so i've gone off i've gone off on a huge tangent there <laughs> no no it's great it's great <laughs> it's, it's such a broad topic and it's something we struggle with as a business because it is such a big thing and, and i think especially in sustainability it's the answers are often sound very simple of like use this product it's sustainable or don't use that it's mm-hmm. evil and there's such a there's, we're learning definitely very quickly that there's there's such broader topics around that I, I know I'm probably getting ahead of your thinking yeah but I know you you sort of mentioned coffee pods yeah exactly uh, that's you, I was going to mention that yeah. and interestingly I and, I and I maybe I'm getting ahead of your whole thing yes I don't want to mess up your flow but interestingly, talking about coffee production, I actually was reading something recently where they were talking about how coffee pods are this, seen as this evil thing because there's all these little things going into waste. But exactly what you've just talked about, the impact of growing the coffee and the transport of the coffee is actually a much bigger impact than the pods themselves. Yeah. And if you look at the whole system, coffee pods are actually a lot more sustainable and environmentally friendly than using bags of ground coffee because they're so much more efficient. The amount of coffee you use to get a cup out of a pod is so much less than you would out of a kind of a French press or something like that. And the impact of that coffee being grown and transported actually counters the effect of the pod. So it doesn't sound like the logical solution, but actually in a whole system, these things kind of come together in a different way sometimes. I've read a lot of very different opinions about coffee pods and I think the main issue that people have with them is the fact that they're not recyclable, kind of like going beyond Mm -hmm. the actual grain and actually the packaging, it's not recyclable because it needs to withstand such a high amount of pressure and heat when it's being processed that it's then quite Mm -hmm. complicated to make it out of a material which is being recycled even if coffee pods are better than actually using ground coffee i think there's definitely a psychological element where every time you have a coffee you see yourself throw a a pod of plastic in the bin and you think oh that's not good whereas if you're using ground coffee it's not there you don't really think about it as much yeah and i think also with coffee pods 
with coffee pods you obviously have a coffee machine and personally I think coffee machine is a bit of a luxury because I mean we're yeah. students we don't have one yeah <laughs> so it's all just uh you know ground ground coffee and uh some boiling water um so it's quite I mean coffee pods it's a it's a questionable one yeah, I, as I say, it was, it was something I read recently, and I, I, I checked the science behind it, but it was just an interesting, I think, it, it, for me, it, it was a good example of, of some, of these, some of these things aren't as clear-cut as they seem. Because I've always thought, coffee pods, I tr- we try to avoid them, mm-hmm. because you, you, you um, as you say, you throw this thing into the trash afterwards. I mean, the whole, there's a whole other question where recycling itself is not a great system. I think it's often used as this as this, uh, well, it's recyclable, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I got, it was in cardboard, so. But recycling is, if it's done at all, which as I think all of us are learning, it, often recycling doesn't even happen. But even when it is done, there's a huge impact of the recycling process. Um, and and, and it's, it's often the material itself isn't actually the impact. It's the, as, as we're talking about, it's the impact, it's the, um, the transport and the fuel used for that and the, like machines and the factories where the recycling happens, they use fuel and they use, and there's, so sometimes it is actually better overall for something to get thrown in the landfill, as terrible as that seems, to actually be, then be recycled because there's a whole nother impact to, to anything. Anything that requires electricity and machinery has an environmental impact. Um, I mean, the dream is that that stuff all becomes clean. The stuff fueling the process becomes becomes clean. And if we did manage to start transporting things around the world via wind power, and we were able to make fact- factories work through kind of wind or, or solar that, that didn't have an impact, that would be amazing. Then. But unfortunately, it doesn't seem like we're very close to that at the moment. <laughs> I actually read an article by The Guardian that was uh, by 2050 what world we can live in and that they were some of the suggestions that they had made so possibly in 29 years we might be at that place but also possibly really not but also like you were saying about coffee it's it is a deeper issue because we can't I mean we can just stop consuming coffee but not really whereas things like plastic we can really cut down and cut out but coffee is a product and people are going to consume coffee regardless so how do you how do you stop producing it you can't really also because with coffee like places which do produce it a lot of them are a lot less economically developed and actually coffee production is their only source of income so if you then cut coffee production completely then obviously that is very problematic and uh, will you know deteriorate countries economies even further yeah, I mean, the other the other thing is, as you, you said, kind of to stop this, even if you and me and a small group of people who maybe pay more attention to a lot of these things and stop, something like coffee is so ingrained in the world and has been for a very, very long time that just practically it's not going to stop, no matter yeah. what happens. So, so that's the reality. It is being produced. There's a demand for it, and where there's a demand in the world we live in, people are going to manufacture it and they're going to produce it. So it's how do you work within that system, right? And I think sometimes a lot of the conversations that I have in the sort of environmental space and the sustainability space almost have a rosy view of the world where there's a possibility that we could change behaviors. And I think, I, I think as nice as that is, we live in a capitalist world. 
And that is unlikely to change anytime soon, short of kind of the human race changing the way they view things and governments all over the world stopping to do things the way they are. It's unlikely to change. So the most reliable ways to have a positive impact are to try and work within that system because the system is a very slow moving machine and is unlikely to shift too far anytime soon. But can we play within those rules and make some sort of positive impact? And and again, going back to what I said at the beginning, some of these things are very, very complex issues with a lot of moving parts and it, and it, it requires a bit of digging to kind of figure out where they are. But if we can chip away at it in small parts, I think overall it can have a sort of real positive impact. And I think a way that we can actually chip away at the impact is perhaps changing some of our habits. Obviously, as we said, not stopping to drink coffee, but perhaps changing, you know, when you go to the coffee shop, bring your own cup. Because approximately six billion disposable coffee cups are just thrown away each year, uh, which is a lot considering that a lot of people drink more than one coffee every day, especially, you know, when we're not in lockdown and people are on the way, they're at work. In the morning, they'll grab a coffee. During their lunch break, they'll grab a coffee and maybe even on the way home, they'll grab a coffee. So. I guess this leads us quite well onto our questions about who knew specifically, um, which, as Vin said, is a business which has um, which produces their own sustainable um, coffee cups. So I think to get into it, we should obviously just go into a bit of detail about your background, um, where you came from, where your ideas start, and how who knew originated. Good intro. Um, I suppose um, we, myself, and my girlfriend, started who knew. Um, and we lived in New York, or still kind of uh, back and forth between there, been there for the last seven years or so. And I think New York is one of those places where convenience culture is really at a peak. And you kind of living there, you get sucked into that lifestyle pretty quickly. And it's it's exactly what you just said: multiple coffees every day. It's kind of always you're always out and about, so you're always just buying a water bottle. Or, or you're, you're getting takeout probably more often than you should and there's all that containers and there's cutlery and just I think for us we we just stopped at one stage and just realized how much we were producing like just personally at the end of the week even at home how much trash we were taking out and how much of that was just like unnecessary containers and, and plastic wraps and and um and then just going about our day, going through a city like that and being out and about, you sort of constantly throwing stuff away. And I, so we started looking at that, and I think that's where the whole thought came about. And we went looking to sort of, I mean, this is a slow process. I'm sure many people have gone through this and are going through this. I'm just actually trying to find better solutions. And I, I think we quickly realized that as much as we had good intentions about changing some of these behaviors and, and taking our own um coffee cups or water bottles or having them with us all the time. It, the truth is majority of us will tend towards convenience when we're pushed to it. Um, and it takes a lot of discipline and I kind of, I think a small minority of people who are dedicated enough to doing the right thing to 
counter the idea of what using whatever's convenient. And so we started thinking, well, is there a way we can make some of these things more convenient where we actually don't have the excuse anymore, where it's when we go get a coffee, it, it's not a matter of having to have to lug this thermos or a cup from home. And it's actually just with us. Mm-hmm. And I, that's where the sort of idea of Huni started. And we, coffee cups, we looked at a number of things and coffee cups were the one that stood out to us because we had two or three, four coffees a day at different coffee shops and we just were never going to have a cup with us. I, I, as a guy, I, I go out every day with my wallet, my phone and my keys in my pockets and that's what I have. I don't, I don't have a bag with me. I don't, and, um, and so we're sort of thinking, well, it, could I just have a cup that fits it in the same way as those fit in? Where whether I'm taking it for a coffee or taking it for another drink, I just it's with me. So when I need it, it's there. And that's where the design process started. And, and um, yeah, it was about trying to remove some of those barriers to using more sustainable products and, and to being kind of slightly more positive about it. So... Yeah, I don't know. Did that answer the <laughs> Yeah, no, it definitely did. It definitely did. Um, obviously, I guess it's we will link all the links to Hunu um, in the description of this podcast and um, on our website. So anyone who's listening and is interested can obviously go and have a look, which we very much encourage you to do. But I guess for those who are listening, how would you describe the cup, how it actually worked? And how did you actually come up with the design of it particularly folding? Because that is so convenient and is so useful. But how, what other designs have you actually gone through to perhaps, you know, find that perfect one? Yeah, uh, so we started looking at this about two years ago um, and we launched officially a year ago. So for about a year, we played around with things. Um, and the, 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 as I say, the the kind of, top line thought was can we make something that is really functional and just fits into our life and doesn't doesn't impose on us and, and we can have it with us whenever we go out um, and then from there we just started playing with ideas and really looking what was out there and I mean literally sitting at home cutting up different things and stitching them together and looking at sort of um, different materials and ultimately we got back to the sort of outdoor industry and and Collapsible cups are are not a new concept. Like they've been around for a long, long time. Um, so we just looked what was out there, and a lot of the outdoor product, the outdoor industry is is always pretty innovative because out of necessity, people, if you're hiking or you're kind of traveling, you need stuff that's light and works. And and so we just played around with some of those contexts. And one of the things that came up were kind of silicone collapsible cups, uh, but obviously they weren't really fit for what we needed them for because they're kind of a little bit flimsier and they're much more they're sort of uh, you you need them for worst case scenario we wanted something that was a little more sturdy and a little more built for purpose and you could seal and you could kind of put in your pocket and um, and so we, we started with that concept and we just played with those ideas and, and built off that but it was a it was a sort of year long process of, of slowly playing around with it and then slowly taking it more and more seriously and kind of coming up with something and thinking, oh, this is actually, we've got something here that that we really like and started showing it to people and they liked it and it eventually got around to getting it produced. Uh, yeah, how, how it works, sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it basically is a, our original cup was a nine ounce cup, so I think around 300, 300 odd mils in that region. Um, 
and it folds down to sort of two centimeters high. So it's a, it, it folds down to this disc. It's about two centimeters wide, and it's got a lid that you with a drinking hole, so you can drink out of it, same as like a paper cup. Uh, and then we've got a band that you can also put around the cup, so if the drinks are particularly hot, you don't burn your fingers. And then that band also has a plug on it that plugs the hole. So once you fold it down, there's obviously always a few drops in your pocket. And the big feature for us would have needed to be able to reliably carry it around all day. So having it leak proof when it was in your pocket was a very important thing. Yeah. And um, so the band has this plug in it, you can plug it closed, you can slip it in your pocket as a small little disc and you carry around. When you need it again, you can pull it out. Uh, Silicone's a really easy material to clean. So it's very simple to, I've done it many times where I've just literally gone into a bathroom at a coffee shop and rinsed it out in the sink or even used sort of the water jug and just rinsed it out to use again. And you can use it multiple times a day. Um, and when it folds up, the way it folds and the silicone we've used, we spend quite a lot of time playing with that. It's actually fairly sturdy, a lot sturdier than I think a lot of people's worry when they first see it is it's going to be this floppy, flimsy thing, but it actually holds up fairly well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's it. At the base of it, it's just, it's a cup that you can use for anything and you can stick it back in your pocket when you're done. And, and sort of that is, that is the simplest version of it. Yeah. And also, obviously, you've recently just had a new launch. And if I understand correctly, you've actually came up with a design where the cup is bigger. And I think that that is yeah. that, that is great because obviously you can then market it as if it can be also used for other beverages, which I think is very, very innovative and very, you know, is going to appeal to a wider range of customers. Yeah, so one of the biggest demands of our first cup, the, the USA is one of our biggest markets, um, and obviously things are all a little bit bigger there. Um, yeah. So one of the biggest like thing, things we had, the asks we had was with larger sizes. Obviously, the key feature for our cups was that they were compact enough to carry around. Um, so we spent a bit of time looking at that and actually came up with a new way of folding, of it sort of folding down that allows us to get it fairly small. So we now have sizes up to about 600 mils, so just over a pint. Um, and those still fold down to about three, three and a half centimeters. So it's a little bit sort of slightly wider than our original cup, but also still very much fits in a pocket and you can carry around it. And, um, and exactly what you just said opens us up to a bunch of other drinks, uh, smoothies and iced coffees and really anything you need a cup for. And we have a straw that also folds down, fits in the cup on these ones. Um, so yeah, we're really excited about getting these out because I think it just opens up a whole a whole new market and a whole lot of people who, if you use a cup, this this will work for you. And they're really good travel cups. I think that's the other thing we found. Just obviously there's not as much traveling going on these days, but <laughs> really useful things to take with you on, on transport to airports or things like that. Yeah, it's like you say as well, in America they do drink a lot of large coffees, but in Europe they're much more likely to drink smaller coffees. And I know mm. I really love a big coffee, but another thing that like you said, you can have absolutely any drink in it and the summer is coming and the sun's coming out. So what would be really great in summer, you can, you, know, you can take it to the park and have, like you said, any drink in it, maybe even a cheeky beer if you fancied. Mm -hmm. Not like we're advocating alcohol consumption, but <laughs> if we were, I would definitely take that up to the park with me. And I think that's also yeah, a really great message to send across is that you can be used for so many different uses. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's the, the less you use, the better. So if you do have one, one thing that you can use for multiple uses, that, that obviously is, is the goal. Um, 
saying that obviously we're still manufacturing something and as we talked about on the coffee production we are still bringing something new out into the world so our, our hope is that by bringing something that is more convenient and people use more it, it's it's making up for that impact and i think in, in our case the reason we made it was really because it's something we needed it has changed I've, I've personally been using our cups since we had our first prototype two years ago and before that i would use disposable cups or i i'd use a coffee cup at the coffee shop or at going to the parks a great example of, of you kind of take your plastic cups and they go in the bin afterwards and it genuinely has changed my behavior it's because it's so easy for me to take out i do have it with me and i do end up using it and i, I like i don't know how many disposable cups i haven't used over the past two years but it's a good number um so having something that works across many different things is absolutely the goal, yeah. And another thing we really loved about the products was the colours it came in. And these are, correct as if we're wrong, charcoal, sage green, warm grey and pastel pink. Yes, you're 100% right. We've actually just introduced the lavender blue as well. So we're, we're playing around with things. Um, it's actually, I'm glad you brought that up because we're, we're finding this whole reusable world people bringing their own kind of products cups and bottles and all this stuff is in, in some places feels like it's, it's a lot of it happening but in sort of the world as a whole it's still quite a small group of people um and when we looked at it the two areas that that we really found that stopped people from using their own or bringing their own reusables was the convenience factor as we mentioned the fact that it's just hassle to carry all these things around with you all day so you end up not doing it and the second one was just the coolness factor i suppose like the the the, the fashionability the, the stylishness of it in some places that's changing and i think the uk is actually relatively kind of ahead of the game london certainly is but i, I mean a lot of places in the, in the us i think new york is, is a good example isn't quite there yet where if you go into a coffee shop with your reusable cup in many places, you still feel like the kind of weird kid. You're like the sort of like barefoot hippie walking in. And whereas, whereas our goal is by, we thought, can we change that dynamic of create something that becomes fashionable, that becomes like you, you want to be seen with it, not that you're embarrassed to be using your own products in a little bit. And then, and the truth is a lot of us are driven by trends and by what's kind of fashionable and what's trendy and what other people are using. So the color choices, the design, we, we, we try to keep the design quite clean and minimal. Is A lot of it is, is thought around that idea of how can we design something that people want to be seen with, that they're proud to be seen with, that becomes a fashion statement. And because you you use it and your friend looks and goes, oh, that looks pretty cool, they use one. and then you get more people using these products. So it's, it's, I'm happy that you mentioned the colors. <laughs> the sage green in particular, green has been a very big fashion statement in this, this year's I'd even say, maybe since December, green has really been mm. on the rise. So I think that could be in particular, I mean, I, I don't know what your sales like, but I would imagine that one's selling quite well. Yeah, it does well. I mean, we have, we have a limited number of colors at the moment, so we'll see as we really expand our range, what, what does better. The green does really well. The charcoal is by far the most popular. I think I think it's a sort of most neutral and appeals to everyone, but uh, but they're all pretty they're all pretty even to be honest. Um, it's a good good mix there for people. Also, obviously, the whole concept of Hunu is about 
being a sustainable business with the cup. Yes. But what else do you do within the business that's sustainable as well? Perhaps something to do with shipping or your packaging? It's a great question. Um, and we are we are still very new. We, we As I say, we've been selling out, we, we sort of launched a year ago officially. Um, we are trying quite hard not to claim that we are a sustainable business. Um, our goal absolutely is to try and put back more than we take out. And I, I think I think over in hopefully in the not too far future that will be pretty common amongst every business. That should, I think there's this enough pressure from consumers and from probably governments are starting to get a bit more serious that that's not going to be optional. I feel like all businesses should get to the stage hopefully fairly soon where they do move more in that direction. Um, as I say, we're quite careful about this sustainable business tag because as I've already mentioned, we are very aware that we do manufacture something. We do have an impact. We do ship it across the world. And um, we just don't want to be disingenuous by claiming something that we're still working on and i think I, I think it's a hard one for us because these days especially it's very easy to sell product by slapping a green label on your stuff yeah um and and i think again this whole what we talked about earlier is just there's such a broader conversation and the way we approach it is we absolutely have a product that i think if you buy it and you use it repeatedly it's going to pay for itself pretty quickly um because single-use things also have to be manufactured and transported. And, but we're still making an impact. So how do we create a positive effect from that impact? For us, we see our products as kind of a gateway drug to a larger conversation. And I think it, it sort of mirrors our own journey of, of founding Hulu and what we're learning is that through creating these caps and through using them and through talking to people about them and having conversations like this, we personally are becoming more aware of other things we do and we're talking to more of our friends and more of our family and we're mentioning things and they're seeing the things that we do and they may be making small changes and i think the whole idea of what we want to do with hunu is this idea of sort of these the small effects can have a huge impact but the the broader impact is really just the awareness you bring to everything and and it's you start using a coffee cup i don't think using a coffee cup is going to do change the, the world from a kind of climate change environmental purpose. And I, and I think a lot of products claim that's a little bit too much. But what I do think it does is it opens up your thinking to all the other things that could. And from a coffee cup, maybe you start just using less packaging of your food. Maybe you start looking at your energy supplier. Maybe next time you vote, you look a bit more carefully at whoever you're voting for's environmental policies. And, and then if enough people do that, suddenly you can have a much broader change. So I think when you ask about the sort of sustainable practices in the business, our goal is absolutely to be doing things in the best possible way. And as we learn more and as we grow, we want to be using better materials. We want to be looking at the impact of those materials. We want to be designing products that are better for the world but we see the larger impact as what we can do with the brand and the messaging and the conversations we have around that. And, and so we, we'd like it when someone buys our cup, 
that they don't just have a cup, but they plug into our brand and they start talking to us and they start sharing some of that messaging and that creates a much bigger positive impact, I suppose, if that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. I think that's a really good point. As you said, it's such an easy baby step to take is to just switch out your coffee cup and especially your cup in particular because of, as we've been saying, it folds down to so small. It is such an easy step to take if you're going to, be, well, hopefully you are going to become a more sustainable person. By just taking this initial step, then does open the door to further sustainable options. I think it just opens a, a, a door in your head, and I think I think that can lead to other things. And for many people, that door's already open. That's why they're attracted to our cup. What we're trying to do is, is create a product that maybe brings in people that aren't already in that kind of thinking, and that if it is good looking enough, and it is fashionable enough, and it is easy enough, then someone who might never have previously thought to, oh, I'm going to carry a cup around all day might buy it and then that door is now open and next time they go they see it they're like oh maybe this feels quite good every time I bring my cup I feel good about doing this maybe I will not use coffee pods if that is the yeah. thing or maybe I will change how I maybe I won't buy those plastic water bottles and I like this I think and, and that's an exciting thought of, of the sort of ripple effect over time of how much impact that can have. Yeah, because I also think with that, as you said, like it opens up a door in people's mind. I think that when you know you're doing something positive, for example, if you're recycling or you're not buying fruit and veg that it comes in that come that comes wrapped in plastic packaging, it's kind of a reward factor in your mind that you that it feels good. So then that very much kickstarts the process, maybe like as a kind of like a psychological process of you then wanting to go further to chase that feeling of reward a hundred percent it is it is it's satisfying there's that sort of mm. there's, a, there's a pride in in doing it and it is like you just you feel better about it. I, I mean i certainly do i feel better and i feel now i feel if i if i do kind of forget a cup and i am somewhere where i'm forced to use something and covid's obviously been a good example in that it's kind of a lot of places have stopped accepting and it's hopefully that'll end soon but you feel the opposite of that reward. Now you feel bad. And I think it's, we don't want to guilt trip people into doing it, but I think personally it does become that. You, you, sort of, you become more aware of the impact when you do have it than maybe you were before. It's, um, it's similar to like, um, I don't know what it's like in America, but obviously in the UK, plastic bags are now, I think they've even gone up to 20p. So a few years ago, people didn't think absolutely anything about going to the supermarket and getting your plastic bag. And now I know if I go to the supermarket and I've forgotten a bag, I feel insanely guilty. Mm. And I just, I don't even get a bag, I just carry it to yeah, my I'd car. Yeah, I'd rather carry I it. I carry like it, yeah, <laughs> in my hands, and I'm struggling and dropping it. But I, I would honestly yeah. rather have to go back to my car two or three times than buy a plastic bag. And that's a, that's yeah. a really great starting place with the coffee cups. So what are your future goals and ambitions for Hunu, and where do you see yourself and the brand in five years? Oh, great question. Um, yeah, so, so at the moment, we're, we're concentrating very much on, on the cups. I think we've got a good product and we don't want to produce other stuff until we're sure that we can have a similar impact with other products so um as you've mentioned already we have a we have a campaign kind of pre-sale campaign now for our new 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 range that's currently live that's going really well we're getting a lot of positive feedback so we over the next year or so we'll really build that out um, as those products become available focus on trying to push them out we we do sell 
kind of around the world already, and we want to grow that. And I think that the the goals overall for Hunu is, is as we've talked about, was to, is to grow the brand itself and turn it into more of a kind of lifestyle brand where we do talk a lot more about some of these issues and really share our journey. And I think our journey is people have started without some of this knowledge, without a lot of this knowledge, and are learning as we go and trying to improve and trying to sort of spread that out with people and, and messaging that it is okay not to be perfect with this stuff. And it's, as we said already, it's, it's okay just to kind of open your, a little door in your brain and take it one step at a time and, and move forward from there. So I, I suppose in five years, I'd hope to have a really solid platform where we're having a lot more real conversations and maybe even things around where we talk about the coffee industry, sort of actually going places and talking to people who know and figuring out what are the right answers and how can we have an impact on that and how can our products improve things or, or convey what we want to convey. So it is it is for us much more than the products. It's about that whole that whole kind of concept of, of helping people to and helping ourselves to to learn a bit more about the impact it's all having and to realize that these small impacts can actually add up pretty quickly and it's okay to start with the little things. That's a really great answer. That's sort of the message of our podcast as well. Every everything we've done, we've been like, "Look, guys, although we've said all these things at the end of the day, every step better than no step at all." I think it's also yeah. really great for you as a business to sit there and st- and say, like, as an answer, it's not all oh, we want to earn this much, we want to have this much, we want to have grown this much, but more of an answer of we want to make a difference. And I think that's really nice mm-hmm. to hear. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, and I think it's, as you say, this it's so complex and there's so many issues with everything. I think it's just having the conversations and it's being open enough to saying, listen, we're not perfect, but we're trying to improve kind of steadily and, and, and allowing other people the space to do the same, even on a small level. And if you do happen to get your bag one day at the grocery store and you have to use a bag, that's, that's, don't, don't beat yourself up. That's overall... You know, your if your if your intention is positive and you are kind of pushing towards something positive, that, that's that's the, the best that you can you can ask for, and it's okay to be kind of kind with yourself about that. I guess this wraps us up quite well. Thank you very much, Vince. This has been a very interesting discussion. Yeah, definitely. And you were a great first guest to have on <laughs> on this new series. Yeah, thank you, thank you, guys. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's like these conversations are awesome. I think the more of them people are having, the better. And, hopefully someone out there sort of adjusts the way they think because they've heard this. As I said, we will link all the links for Who Knew, the Instagram, the website in the description of the podcast and also on our website and on our Instagram. So thank you very much for listening. Amazing. Yeah, thank you guys. Have an amazing rest of your day. So I think that rounds off the episode nicely. We really hope you guys enjoyed listening just as much as we enjoyed recording this. Vince was a really great guest to host and we'll see you guys next Tuesday for our next guest which will be announced on our Instagram so watch out for that.